Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast, the podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. NLA Live 2020 is around the corner. NLA Live 2020 will be held in Scottsdale, Arizona at the Talking Stick Resort. It is it a beautiful hotel and casino? And we have an incredible lineup of speakers that we'll be announcing here shortly. You can find out more information and get the very best deal on pricing by visiting nextlevelagents.com and clicking on our events page. We look forward to seeing you there. Again, nextlevelagents.com and click on the event page. Hey, what's going on, listeners? This is your host, Kevin, and we are back this week with another great expert interview. Today, our guest is my friend, Steve Train. Steve is a local uh, Phoenix real estate professional here. I've got to know him through the years, uh, through our just different social circles and whatnot. While we do very different things, I have a lot of respect for Steve and what he does. He's become a good friend. Uh, more importantly, what I love about this guy is how much he gives back to the community of real estate. So Steve is an interesting guy. He owns a brokerage here in Phoenix. We talk about that in the show and kind of how he's grown that and what, it, what his thoughts on that are. But one of the things I find really interesting about Steve is he's really gotten into the wholesale business over the last couple of years and not just for himself, uh, but he genuinely owns the brokerage in town where most of the big wholesalers hang out and he's kind of created this niche. Now we didn't really go into that on the show uh, as I just wasn't thinking about it necessarily, but it is something that I think of when I think of Steve. Additionally, what I like is he started a podcast called real estate disruptors and it's mostly folks in the, in the investment space, but um, he was kind enough to have me on as a guest early on. And he does his best to bring the best content possible to other folks in the wholesale uh, environment, just like I like to do with folks in the retail environment. So Steve's a good buddy, someone I look up to, someone who I think is doing a lot of good stuff in our industry. And he drops a lot of golden nuggets here in this interview. I hope you appreciate it. I hope you like it. Reach out to Steve. We talk about his Facebook group and his podcast and all the different places you can find Steve. So take a listen, and uh, I would love your feedback. Talk to you next time. All right, Next Level Podcast listeners, we are back. And this week, I'm joined by my good buddy and uh, local Phoenician. Would that be the right word? Steve Trang. How's it going, buddy? Going great. Going great. How are you? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Well, dude, I'm glad I got to the chance to flip the script on you and interview you this time. Uh, last time you and I were uh, together, or and we're not, we're not sitting in the same room today, but doing this, it was uh, I was the one on the hot seat, and this time it's you. So I'm excited yeah. to do this. Yeah, that was about a year ago. I can't believe it's been like you know, it's been a long time. Yeah, it has been. It's been it's been a minute for sure. Um, well, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get back and just chat with you. Like you're doing some big things. You've uh, you started the real estate real estate disruptors movement. Um, you've got, you know, a huge following, not only on your podcast and, and show, but just kind of with what you're doing with the, with the investing side of things in real estate and your brokerage. And so I thought it'd be kind of cool to learn a little about you and your background. And, um, why don't we start, man, tell us like how, how long you've been in real estate, what, what 
What was the thing that just, that made you decide to get into real estate to begin with? Well, remember, remember I started the same time as you, right? May of 2007. Um, stupid, stupid timing. Crazy but, time for sure. <laughs> but that's what we did. Uh, but the reason why I jumped into it was I always knew I wasn't designed to be an employee. Like I always knew I was going to start a company or be an, at least an independent contractor. I just knew working a nine to five for the rest of my life was not in my, it was not in the stars. I knew that before I even started working in corporate America. Yeah. I, I, you know, you know, it's funny. I remember when I, and we probably talked about this before, but like when I, before I discovered real estate, I sort of knew the same thing. I knew that I couldn't be an employee the rest of my life. Um, and yeah. you know, that just wasn't going to work for me in the long run. And ultimately I found my way to real estate. Uh, in, and then realized that was a business, though I didn't know about it at the time. Uh, I was just getting well because it doesn't look like a business on the outside, right? Well, it really doesn't because most of our let's face it, most of our peers don't don't behave that way. Right, very so, much so. And so the TV man, does not make it look very impressive either. Well, you know, TV is all about the the glitz <laughs> and the glamour and the, the million dollar listings. Uh, if only yeah. things were things were like that. Well, okay, so May of two thousand seven. And for those of you who don't know or maybe live under a rock or, or whatever, but in here in the Phoenix area where Steve and I both uh, reside and, and practice real estate, um, man, things were falling apart. I remember the listing count just going up by the day and the, and the prices going down literally, literally by the day. Uh, so mm -hmm. tell me about your first couple months, maybe even your first year in real estate, like what was that like? How did you, like, did you have, did you find success right away? Did you struggle at first? Like what happened? Uh, I had a little bit of success right off the bat because uh, I, I got in right at the very tail end of condo conversions. And so I sold a couple of those condo conversions, you know, unfortunately, uh, to friends and family. Uh, but then after that, I, there was a struggle for a long time because I didn't have structure. And, you know, I want to say it was time management, but really, there was just no structure whatsoever. Uh, when I started, there was no like, you know, your prospect for this many hours a day, and this is how many conversations, this is how many uh, showings, how many people get qualified. There was no KPIs, there were no metrics. It was just like, okay, now that you're licensed, go go find clients and go go sell houses. So let me ask you this: like, where did so um, you say that because I'm assuming you've got a lot of structure in your life and business today. So where did you ultimately find that from? Was it a mentor metrics, or uh, class? Like what was uh, that helped you find structure? So what was it? It's the four. The four, uh, 40X. 40X. Four disciplines of execution. Yeah. So four disciplines of execution is when I first heard about it. And it's not like it wasn't written in the millionaire real estate agent. It's written in there. But it's not as like drilled into you uh, as I think four disciplines of execution and then traction and, you know, just all these other people that are running major uh, operations, like these are metrics. And it's even more so like if you, you know, wholesaling is something I'm really passionate about right now. And you meet with all these wholesalers and like they're running, it's pretty much a boiler room. And it's either get in or get out. There's no lovey dovey. Hey, you're, you know, you're having a rough day. Why don't you go ahead and, and, and you know, take the rest of the day off. There's none of that. It's like, did you hit your freaking metrics or not? 
Yeah, there, there's no doubt. Like I, I know, you know, wholesalers. Uh, and for those of you, who don't, Steve, let's do this, man, because most of my listeners sure. are kind of the more traditional agent, maybe more more mm-hmm. of the traditional, uh, also the uh, the mortgage the mortgage lenders as well. So give us just simple concept. What's a wholesaler? A wholesaler is someone that finds homes that are distressed, disrepair, behind the payments, whatever. Uh, buying them for anywhere from 65 to 75% of market value and selling it to a flipper prior to close for around 80 to 85% of market value. Got it. So you're, so, so a wholesaler goes out, finds a deal, uh, doesn't actually do the flip themselves, but flips it, if you will, to somebody who's then going to go kind of do that work, like the, the physical work to, to make it like the, the right. pristine top of the market type of home. Yeah, so like when we were in real estate school and they talked about and or assignee, that's what, you know, what in a, a wholesaler. So you got a lot of these We Buy Ugly Houses guys. These guys are, um, are, are they're wholesalers for the most part. Or if you look at, you know, you, going back to the TV, the general image is ambulance chasers, vultures, people that are, you know, preying on these people in probate or pre-foreclosure. That's pretty much what wholesaling is, is you're the one that's going after distressed sellers. Okay. So that's good. So I'm going to come back to that in a minute, but something I want to, I want to point out, you talked about 40 X for disciplines of execution. Uh, You know, number one, I agree with you. Like that, that book really drives home having those indicators, those lead and lag indicators. And for anybody, honestly, any business doesn't matter real estate or not. I can't think of many books that are better than that, that really drive home how to really get in tune with what makes your business go. So I just want to make sure that yep. wasn't missed 40 X. And you also mentioned the book traction. Um, so yeah. those, those two books are both phenomenal business books. And I, I highly recommend it. every single real estate and mortgage professional title for anybody out there who is related to business at all should really read both of those books. Yeah. And I run three level 10 meetings, level 10 meetings by definition from traction a week, right? So I got my brokerage, my team, and my wholesaling operation. We run a level 10 meeting every single week based off traction, tracking KPIs and so on. Gotcha. So you've got the, so you've got it. Let's do, so you've got a real estate brokerage here in, in town. You said you've got a mm-hmm. team. Is that, so is that like a traditional real estate team? Kind of more like what I do? Yeah. Steve Trang group. Okay, yep, and exactly. then you, then you've got the wholesale. Well, not exactly, operation. not as good as yours, but but better. it's comparable. Sure it's similar. I know it's better. Um, don't don't <laughs> let him fool you, people. So so okay, so you got these three major businesses that you're running, um, and I mm-hmm. noticed too. Obviously, you've also got this real estate disruptors thing going on. Uh, you've got the is it the OfferFast app where um, yes. you're helping wholesalers with that as well. Other wholesalers, it's like you're doing a lot as mm-hmm. well in the community of real estate and real estate wholesalers in addition to running your own businesses. So like, how do you, man, how do you divide up your time between those, between all those different things? First of all. Uh, so I think part of it is I was the oldest of six boys, you know? So delegation is something, it's just a natural skill you get, right? Cause mom says, Hey, make sure this place is clean when I get back. And you go to the younger brother and say, Hey, mom said she wanted you to clean this, you know? So are you saying shit rolls downhill? Is that what you're saying, Steve? <laughs> well, being the oldest, being the biggest, there's some definitely some some uh, benefits to that. So I got a lot of reps growing up in nice. delegating. So 
I am naturally lazy. So a lot of people tell me I'm a very hard worker, but I am naturally lazy. And so I find people that are really good at doing what I want done. So um, I'm a visionary by the definition. You know, if you look at Gino Wickman's book, Rocket Fuel, which is the, you know, that goes along with traction. I'm a visionary by, by definition. I like to have things. I, I know what I want. And the challenge for me is just finding the right people to do it. Uh, but it, man, you want me to get it done? Good luck. I'm the bottleneck every time. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm definitely the same <laughs> way. So let, let me ask you this because now is this natural or, or was it learned? Or do you think it's your upbringing being the oldest of six where, cause a lot of people I know in real estate specifically, they, they have enough business to start to grow a business, but the thought of having somebody else do it, because God forbid it not get done right or perfect, like scares the hell out yeah. of them. And it freezes people from ever growing to whatever their next level is. So was that, is that just a, are you just a product of your upbringing or is there some, some skill and some behavior there that you had to learn and work on? I think there's definitely some, uh, some nature and nurture aspects of it. Right. So I think, you know, there could be, I'm just wired this way, but I can say for sure I, I was always a procrastinator. So that part is not a learned behavior. Uh, but then also I signed up for Craig Proctor coaching back around 2009, 2010, because I was an REO agent and I knew that was ending. Uh, so, you know, the, the progression I had was a single agent, then a short sell specialist, uh, and then an REO agent. And once REO is dying, it's like, I need to figure something out because it's either that or go get a job. And so I got into coaching, which was scary at first, but was the best thing I ever did. And that's when I became, the transition came from being a real estate agent to a business owner that happens to sell real estate. And that helped me set a lot of my mindset correctly for delegating. Gotcha. Was that something that the Craig Proctor program worked on specifically, or did it just kind of force you into it because your business was growing? Uh, it forces you into it because that's, there's, there's that just one model, right? It's just like the MREA. There's like that one model. This is what you do. Now, does everyone follow that model? Not really, but there's an, pretty much an idea. Like this is how you run your business. And Craig Proctor, they have, uh, you basically copied Craig Proctor's model. He was top 10 for 15 consecutive years for Remax worldwide. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. Right. That dude's a direct response master. There's no doubt about it. And yeah. uh, I know so many successful agents that came, have come, come up through his coaching programs. Yeah. So you take that and it says you have to delegate because uh, the, the question is, would you rather do it um, or would you rather have other people do it and get it done 80% satisfactorily and have more free time? Um, you know, there's, Darren Hardy is someone I look up to a lot. I've consumed all of his content. And one of the things he says is, you know, maybe you love going to the listing appointments. Maybe you love putting the listing up. Maybe you love doing all these things your way. It's your craft, it's your art. But do you love doing those things more than getting a massage on the beach? That's like, no, I'd rather get the massage on the beach. That's, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, you know, Tim, the first time I really thought about it, uh, was Tim Ferriss. He said, he, and he's just said, listen, if someone, if you can hire someone to do it at 80% as good as you, it's no longer worth you doing, you know, and I, that's, I, I'm, I'm the same way. And maybe I'm like you, maybe I'm naturally lazy or naturally a procrastinator. <laughs> so I'm good delegating as well. 
But I remember reading that in uh, Tim Ferriss's first book for our work week and thinking, yeah, I, I, I get that. I see the point in doing it that way versus holding on or finding someone that can do it as good or better than you. Um, so that's, that's yeah. Cool. And the first time I, I, I listened to that book, it blew my mind as well. I mean, that wasn't very much an eye-opening book. Yeah, that was that book was a game changer uh, for I think for a lot of people, quite frankly. So yep. okay, so you've got so you've got the three different businesses um, with the brokerage and with the, with the team and and with the wholesaling. Um, tell me, like, is there one that is like your baby that you love to do more? Do you spend more time in one of them? Is it like how do you? I guess what I'm saying is, how are you? I know you got great people around you, but like, how do you decide? what Steve does, like in the amount of time that you put into these businesses? So I would say, um, so there's more than three businesses now, but uh, I would say the energy is put into uh, wholesaling because that's where it's the most profitable. Uh, and then other than that, uh, the is pouring into the people. That's where my passion is, is developing people and watching people get better, you know? Uh, one of the things I really enjoy is at my brokerage, I brought in a lot of people that made 30,000 a year and now they're making 300,000 a year. So that's the kind of stuff I'm passionate about. So I spend time, probably more time than I should in meetings where I'm mentoring somebody. That's probably where I spend most of my time. Um, so I don't really have a, a divvied up, uh, you know, I'm gonna set, as much, set aside this much time for this business, this much time for that business. I really have more on my calendar I booked off. So like every Monday at 5.30 till about 7, 7.30, we meet with the developers for the app. That's it. Um, every Wednesday, 2 o'clock, that's the podcast. That's it. Every Tuesday, 1.30 in my brokerage, we're coaching all the younger agents, newer agents. That's it. So I think I time blocked what I need to do has to get done. And that's kind of how I have it divvied up. I don't have like, you know, I'm going to spend 40% time in the wholesale, 20% time in this, this. It's not that so much. That's cool. I, I you know, I, I behave very, very similarly as well. There's a few things that are just, they're going to happen these days and these times and everything else is kind of like fighting fires, you know, or, or whatever, you yeah. know, whatever it happens to be or whatever happens to pop up. And, um, you know, that's, that's definitely a cool thing. You know, one of the things that stuck out to me is one of your, your goal, your legacy goal about creating a hundred millionaires. Like, where did mm -hmm. that come from? Is that because of the Zig Ziglar quote that I know is a big deal to you? Um, or like, what is it that drives you to want to make or create, help, help a hundred different people become millionaires? So I read Think and Grow Rich when I first got into real estate, I want to say in 2007. And one of the things that always stuck out to me in that book was a journalist asked Andrew Carnegie, um, you got 18 millionaires that work for you. How is that even possible? And he said to her, um, you're asking the wrong question. It's not how do I have 18, how can I afford to have 18 millionaires working for me? Is these guys were not millionaires when they started working for me, right? So when I started the brokerage, I said, you know what, my goal is to just do what Carnegie did, create 18 millionaires. But when I started the podcast, we raised it because now I have national reach, let's create 100 millionaires. So uh, it was something that's always stuck with me from, from uh, reading uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. That's awesome, man. I love that. Tell me more about the app. So we kind of, we danced around a little bit, but tell me about the mm -hmm. Offer Fast Homes app. You mentioned like you got a two hour meeting for that every single week. Tell me, tell me about the app. Like what does it do? What's the purpose of it? And what's your big vision with that? Uh, so the purpose of it is to allow wholesalers to do an off-market MLS because right now 
I am sure your emails and probably most listeners' emails that are licensed realtors are getting bombarded with random voicemails that phone didn't ring, text messages, or emails of properties that you don't care about, right? And so I think that maybe realtors would care if they had opted in to look looking at these off-market properties. And so what we're trying to do is create more or less an MLS of off-market properties all in one centralized location. So every wholesaler in the community could put it in the one app and any realtor that actually wants to do a search, they got a buyer that's looking for, you know, a three, two, let's just say hypothetically in Chandler for under 250. Well, you can't find anything in MLS. Let me just check out the app and see what's available off market. And you can do a search within the app to find that property. We interrupt this podcast to remind you that the NLA Live 2020 conference is coming up on April 23rd, 24th, and 25th of 2020. It is not too early to register. Visit nextlevelagents.com today and click on the events link for more information and ticketing. That's awesome, man. So give me an idea. Like, do you see that? Is this something that's going to be like a long-term project for you over the next 10, 20 30 years or how, you know, how long you're in real estate. Is this something that you think that maybe you can sell at one point? Like what's the end game with the offer fast homes app? Uh, so, you know, like everything else, you got all these different disruptions. I'm hoping that this will somehow disrupt the way that real estate is done at some point. Right. Because um, if the, if this is an MLS right now, you know, is for wholesalers and flippers, then, you know, sorry agents, but, eventually the flippers would go to that app versus like calling an agent. Cause think about when uh, I'll give you an example for me, right? I remember I had an agent come into me or an agent an investor, you know, it was a, a realty track lead. If you remember realty track, oh, yeah. it was a realty track lead. They came into the office, they did buyer consult. And the guy's like, I'm looking for homes that are 70% of market value. And he's like, but I don't trust real estate agents because they take them up before, uh, before we get to them. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Why would a real estate agent do that? You know, definitely we do that now. However, at the time, we're like, no, for sure, I'd rather get the 3%. And so I think that, you know, these newer uh, investors that come off of, uh, uh, come out of these seminars, you know, Armando, whatever, Longo, you know, you, you have these seminars that come out and these flippers, there's a lot of, we call them seminar buyers, right? That's, oh, yeah. I don't know if that's what you call them in your office. That's what we call them. And, yeah. and so instead of wasting the agent's time, finding deals that don't exist, especially in today where we have only a month and a half of supply in the MLS, these deals don't exist. However, in the app, they may find those deals. Not guaranteed, but they're more likely to find it there and they won't be wasting agent's time. That's awesome. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing better than listening to someone who just came off of a seminar going, I just, I want I want a good deal and I want an agent that's going to work hard for me. Yeah. Every, for every time I hear those two lines, like, good deal. And it's just an agent that's willing to work hard for me. I'm like, Oh my God, you went to a seminar this weekend. Uh, of course. Yes. I would love to make you rich for pennies on the dollar. Let me, let me do that for you. So let me drop everything now. All my, all with all my serious clients and, uh, and help you rich. Um, no doubt about that. That's so that's cool. Actually. I really like that idea. Uh, how long have you had that app? Uh, we published it. I want to say April of last year. Uh, we've been working on it for two and a half years now. Um, so, you know, uh, we're, we're only in Arizona today, uh, in two weeks, we're launching it in Texas. I'm going to be in Houston on stage speaking in front of, uh, hopefully a thousand wholesalers. And on that, you know, we're doing the, the, the launch in Texas. And if that goes smooth, then we're going to go nationwide in November, December. 
And then from there, we'll see what happens. I may be drowning in, in customer support tickets. Hopefully not. You know, they have to pull in, pull me in for resources. Yeah, man. There's, uh, there's no doubt. Like, there, there, there's a whole, gosh, there's a whole lot that goes with it. I hope it goes smooth for you. But let's face it, it's technology. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna have some problems. So, um, yeah, we got this out of the way now before you go, before you even launch into Texas, because <laughs> otherwise, uh, otherwise I wouldn't be able to get on your calendar. I'd be. Uh, probably too busy with the support tickets. Uh, so that's very, yeah. so let me ask you this. So you, the time of this recording, it's, you know, we're coming up on the fourth quarter in 2019. Um, what, like, how do you, what's on your mind? Obviously this app is part of it as we round the corner from 2019 into 2020. Like what are the, the mm-hmm. couple of things business-wise that you're most focused on today and or, and or maybe most looking forward to over the next 12 to 24 months? Uh, I would say the biggest things uh, there. So I started consulting about um, so May. So coming up in four months now. So I started uh, mentoring some of these other uh, agents and investors throughout the country. Uh, so I'm hoping to con- continue to blow that up. You know, we've got 25 students today. You know, maybe we get to 100 students and cap it off there. Um, so I'm hoping to blow that up some more. Um, the app is a huge thing because that's if that goes the way we want it to go. Then, because you know, you see Zillow, Open Door, Offerpad, all these billion-dollar companies that aren't profitable. I mean, I want to be one of those non-profitable billion-dollar companies. You know, uh, so uh, apps number two, and then continue wholesaling. It's just something that um, it's pretty cool to watch people around me succeed uh, through investing, and I want to continue to to lift the people around me. Let me ask you a question, man. So, like, I, I know what I I know what I think personally, but let's just, my crystal ball is broken. I don't know shit about the future um, other than the future usually repeats the past eventually. Right. So when the market's Mm -hmm. not so good, whether that's in 24 months or, or five years from now, it doesn't matter. But at some point the market's not going to be as hot. There won't be as much demand for, for housing. What's going to happen to the wholesale? Like how do you see your peers? um, Not necessarily your peers, but everyone else who's, who's, wholesaling at some level, you know, cause in the man, industry. I, yeah. Like I know so many people in the last probably 24 months, maybe 36 at the most that have just like abandoned everything they knew about real estate and kind of have tried to go all in on wholesaling. Um, some of them mm-hmm. are successful, you know, to varying degrees of success for sure. But what yeah. do you see happening to your, to the wholesale side of the industry? Uh, I look at it just like in traditional real estate, right? So when you and I got in 2007, everyone else left. It's great, right? Yeah. I mean, it sucked on our bottom line initially, but look at where we are because we cut our teeth at that time. Yep. Um, so in when the market slows down, uh, I think the wholesalers are going to do even better because back in 2007, wholesalers are making 30, 40K on a deal versus 10, 15K on a deal right now. So um, wholesalers are going to be better off. Uh, the whole it's going to be just like, like everything else. There's going to be fewer, but they're going to be more successful. Okay. Right. So that's, okay. That's what I was, that's what I was looking to clarify. So like, so a guy like you, you're going to, you're going to do better, but some of these people mm-hmm. are like, they're kind of half-assing it for lack of a better word. Like they probably did with their, with their real estate career. They're going to have trouble then too. Just like I would as a regular agent, if I'm not like totally all in making sure I get better as my at my craft. Right. 100%. Remember all those REO agents that gave us crap, like they were just rude to us on the other line. Right? Do you remember those agents? Dude, I have like, one I like, was, on my second deal ever. Guy was a total asshole. I will not say his name 
because I just won't do it. Um, but I'll tell you what, I still remember this guy's name. And every time I think about him, here we are 12 years later, I think I want to punch that asshole. Like he was, him and his team were so rude and his broker was such, so not helpful um, that every time I hear his mm-hmm. name, I still cringe 12 years later. So yeah, I yeah, remember so, those people. So, but what happened when it slowed down? Now they're updating their LinkedIn profiles. They became lenders. They became, uh, I, I think like they started, uh, I think I saw one became like a landscaping business. Like, so those that are kind of dabbling, when the market shifts, you know, uh, what's the expression? When the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. Yeah. That's going to happen again in wholesaling. So, okay. So I'm, I already admitted, I don't have a crystal ball, but do you like, what do you see happening over the next 12, 24 months in the real estate industry? Uh, I think, and I think it's political. I think it's too political, but I think the election is going to have a very strong impact on which direction we go. I think you're probably right. Yeah. So you know, I think if, 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 if Trump wins, we're going to have to continue to have either steadiness or incline, whatever, but you know, for better or worse, I think uh, one party is more helpful for the economy. No matter what you think about everything else, they're just better for the economy. Sure. And the other party is worse for the economy, depending no matter what, what the other policies are. I think you can't argue as far as economic, uh, I think one party is more beneficial than the other. And I think if Trump wins, we're going to either continue going up or stay steady. And I think if uh, the other party wins, then we're going to have a decline sooner. I'm not saying we're not going to have a decline under Trump. I think we can't continue this trend. Sure. It has to slow down. It has to decline. I just think it'll happen sooner if the other party wins. Cool. So you're, you're kind of like a wait and see, let's see who wins the election before we, before we start mm-hmm. planning out, you know, too far beyond that. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I get you. Um, well, cool. So let me ask you this, because uh, you're coaching agents all the time, whether they're wholesalers or actual retail agents. Um, mm-hmm. and one of the questions I really like to ask people is about um, like the stuff that they do to, to help other people succeed. So um, like, what are your top three pieces of advice for just kind of kicking more ass? So like, let's say an agent in your brokerage or a wholesaler in your network, maybe one of your listeners to your podcast and in your community just comes to you and says, Steve, like, I just, I want to have a better life. I want to have a better business. Like what are the top three things they should be doing? Boy. Uh, so I think the first thing is personal development. I'm very passionate about personal development. Uh, I have spent myself probably, I spent more than a couple hundred grand on personal development myself, right? So I'm very passionate about that. And uh, Jim Rohn says, you know, in order to become a millionaire, first you need to be a millionaire in your mindset. So that's number one. And without that, it's just nothing else is going to work. Number two is you have to hire because you can only go, there's only so much you can do on your own. Can't go too far on your own. You can go far. You can live a pretty good life on your own. But eventually you're going to burn out. It's impossible not to. Um, Number three, surround yourself with the right people. You got to be, you know, going back again, this is Jim Rohn, right? I mean, the guy is a legend. It's you're the average of five people you spend the most time with. If I see, if you show me who your five friends are, I can tell you probably how much you have in your bank account or how much you reported to the the IRS. Yeah. Well, those are probably two different numbers, but at any rate, um, yeah, (laughs) that's a, that's a different episode. Uh, at at any rate, so that's okay. That's cool. Um, let me ask you this, like where, where can people find you? So the name of your podcast is real estate disruptors, right? 
Um, mm -hmm. Is there a Facebook yeah. group that goes with it? Where should people, they want to learn more from you. Maybe they want to check into your mentorship on the wholesaling side or check out your app. Like what's the best way for people to find you? Uh, the best way is on Instagram. That's where I'm most responsive. Uh, you know, email basically is a black hole. Uh, texting is not that much better. Uh, so uh, Instagram, Steve.Trang is the best way, best way to get a hold of me. I'm on, and then Real Estate Disruptors is on YouTube, is on iTunes. And then we do have a private Facebook group as well. Uh, if you do a search for Real Estate Disruptors, uh, pretty much anybody, everybody's getting into there if they're trying to. So uh, it's a pretty good community. Uh, givers. Um, you know, I think one of the things that I've found is there's a lot of people creating their Facebook groups right now. I don't know if you've noticed that, but there's more and more people creating Facebook groups right now. Well, you've created a great one. You know, it's very impressive what you've done. Uh, but there's more and more people doing it. And I, I've noticed that the personality of the Facebook group is a pretty good reflection of the guy that runs it. Yeah, you know, there's no doubt. There's a lot of them. And you they do. It's funny because there's, there's plenty that have been around a lot longer than next level agents um, even mm -hmm. where it's pretty easy to see early on. Like they tend to go the way of the, of whoever created it, whether it's a couple people or just one, you know, one guy or one girl or, or a handful, you know, whatever the case is, it yep. definitely tends to take up their persona, if you will. Uh, because I think it's because the, the, it's the conversation that they curate, right? It's the people that are attracted to, to what they're doing as well as the conversations that they bring it up to or, or don't bring it up. You know, yeah. some, some of the groups have a lot lower level conversations than others. Um, you guys obviously have a huge and very well respected, uh, you know, um, track record as well with the real estate disruptors, what you guys are doing, because everybody I know behind your back, Steve, just says a ton of good things about what you're doing. Well, and I think that's awesome. a lot to who you are as a guy. Like I know you as a person first, and um, yeah. you know, the, the reality is I think that's a good point because uh, there are a lot of groups out there. There's a lot of people just in our space, right? We could be buying information from or listening to their podcast. Um, and the mm -hmm. reality is, is what I like about you is you take that very seriously and, and work to bring value to others. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important to me, right, that we do a good job. And, you know, like one of the things I'm happy to hear you say that, you know, they speak, they speak positively about me behind my back. Because like the, one of the things that would like just like mortify me is like, man, that guy is a fraud or that guy doesn't know what he's talking about or, you know, he doesn't care about people. Like, those are the things that would bother me, right? If you say that guy's an idiot, it's like, yeah, whatever, I don't care about your opinion. But if you're like, man, this guy's out to screw people, you know, we're talking about my integrity or whatever, like that would, that would mortify me. Yeah, dude, that's the worst. You know, and you know, the thing is, um, the bigger your podcast get, the more views you have on YouTube, the more people that join your group, the more likely that's going to happen, right? Because you're not going to make everybody yeah. happy. And you know, I've, I've definitely had my fair share of people say stuff about me that wasn't deserved. Don't get me wrong. I like to poke the bear. So a lot of it I've deserved, but I've had, oh, I know. I've had <laughs> stuff that, that I didn't deserve and this wasn't true. And, yeah. and I'll, I'll be honest. It used to hurt me a lot more than it does now. And, you know, actually it was a, it was a podcast conversation I was listening to with, with Dave Asprey and Tim Ferriss. And Dave mm -hmm. Asprey asked everybody the same question, the same question, the top three things I asked you. Uh, and one of Tim Ferriss was, you know, you have to, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, Hey, you've essentially got to, you got to drown out the people that are nipping at your heels. Like what your content and your message and your story isn't for those people concentrated on the folks mm -hmm. that are buying in and want more of it because that's where your energy has got to go. Um, because those are the people yeah. that appreciate what you're doing. Cause there's always going to be the haters out there, whatever you want to call it. No, there's no doubt about it. 
but it, dude, oh, I, I, it I have those and I just block them on Facebook and it's not worth my energy. Yeah. It's not even worth thinking about. Uh, I'm with you. I block, I, I do the same because I'm just like, I, I don't have time <laughs> for it. I don't want to think about it. Cause I know me, like I like to make people happy. I feel like you, I want to make right, me too. Like yeah. But if I, so if I think about it, it's going to, it's going to consume me as opposed to if I just block them and they're gone. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. All right, guys. Well, Steve, before we, before we wrap up, any, any parting shots or, or thoughts or comments you want to leave us with? Um, I think, you know, something I said before, but uh, I, I still passionately believe this, you know, there's never been a better time to be alive and there's never been a better, and there's never been a better country to live in. So take advantage of it while you can. There's no point in consuming knowledge and learning and not doing anything with that information. Take advantage of it. Create wealth now. Dude, I just want to highlight what you just said. There's never been a better time to be alive. There's never been a, there's never been a better country to live in. A lot of folks would disagree with those two statements right now, but I think it's because what they're focused on. And to me, that mm -hmm. statement tells me what you're focused on and it's the good because if you just look, there, there literally has never been a safer time to be alive. There's never been a better time to be alive. Like there's never been a more wealthier time. There's never been a more abundant time to be alive. And again, I, I also agree. Like, yeah, I, listen, I love yeah. all the other countries out there too. We just happen to live in, to me, the best one for us. And yeah. uh, dude, that, that's, to me, that speaks volumes for what you're focused on and what you pay attention to. Because um, if you, someone doesn't believe it, I don't want to tell, I don't want to say you're wrong, but I do want to say, Check yourself on what you're focused on because what Steve just said is, mm -hmm. is deep and it's accurate. Yeah, you're looking up, you're looking down. Either way, that's the direction you're going. That's a good point. Yeah, it's a really good point. All right, guys. Well, check out uh, Real Estate Disruptors. Go download the Offer Fast Homes app and uh, reach out to Steve on Instagram as well, steve.trang. And uh, you will hopefully get as much out of him as I have over the years and some of his students as well. Uh, I think you're going to like it. So, Steve Trang, thanks a lot for joining us today, buddy. Thank you so much. I appreciate I appreciate this. That's it for today's show. Do me a favor if you enjoy this. Go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening at. Leave us a review. Share this episode with your friends. And for more great content, check us out in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash next level agents. That's facebook.com forward slash groups next level agents. See you soon.